Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing I'm doing okay, Todd. I have no complaints. Uh stuff charging along here. This podcast medium is just unrelenting. It's just so much going on and and we got a lot to talk about on the show today, too. Yeah, it's yeah. just you know, for me it's been like I, I I don't know the best way to describe it. It's been um Well, it's, it's, I kind of put it this way. Get a call, got an inquiry, get pricing, and then you don't hear from them for a week. And then they call you at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday and say, we're ready to go now, right now. Let's go right now, right now. And you're <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of how a little bit uh, it's, it's kind of how it's, it's been a little intense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I do have to make a mention. I don't know if I can see it. Of course, those of you listening don't care, but from my sunburn on Saturday, my head is flaking now. So it looks like I have dandruff, but it's just dead skin coming off the top of my head. I know that's TMI, but I'm wearing a black shirt. So I'm keeping half the like shake my black shirt because <laughs> I'm well, like, I'm like a uh, reptile today. Good. So that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. It doesn't look like it that much. No, I did it. I mean, believe me, I feel, you know, I feel (laughs) a little bit more normal now. I was getting a little wild there for a while. So you just, you know, you gotta, you gotta, I don't think you've got the noggin to go bald like I do. And maybe you do. I don't know, but (laughs) we'll see. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. Give you, give yourself another 10 years, but, uh, right, right. right. Anyway, Ron, Stephanie, Brad, thanks. And, uh, Brad says it sounds good. And then Ron says, it says, sounds like it's distorting a bit. So maybe it is tweaked up a little bit. Maybe I bumped a a lever somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it doesn't sound as naturally sweet as it normally (laughs) does. Well, I don't know. I don't know what has happened. I am naturally sweet to begin with. So, right. There you go. So we're getting a good group of folks that are uh, coming on Facebook and make sure you say hello. And those of you on uh, YouTube as well, try to pay attention over there a little more today because uh, we've got some people watching on YouTube as well. But yeah, so yesterday was Blackout Tuesday, but I really didn't see only but a small number of people actually do anything for Blackout Tuesday. Yeah, I think it was mainly on the Instagram platform is where I saw it the most. I didn't see a lot of it on Facebook. So I don't, I don't know why, but so what did people do? They just change their profiles to black or what did they, what was the, how could you I tell most so? people just, just posted a black square, a image black square image or, or that black image had some textual commentary about, um, what was happening and what the changes needed to be or some quote from, uh, Martin Luther King or something like that. You know, I was, I, I wasn't even aware because, um, that it was happening. I was been head down working, not having the TV on a lot. Of course, you know, it's hard to miss some of the stuff on social, what's going on. But the, uh, so Monday we're, we're ready to go with 8.3 on WordPress where, you know, we planned to release that on Monday morning and we, we, you know, we unloaded 8.3, we had a blog post that went out. And then I'm like talking with the, during the morning meeting, talking with my team. I'm like, okay, so the press release is going to go 3 a.m. tomorrow. And Mackenzie's like, you probably shouldn't do that. And I'm like, well, why? And because uh, of all the stuff going on. And 
we'd already pre-scheduled it. So we kind of were like, uh. so we let it go at three o'clock in the morning, didn't hold it back, but we really didn't press hard yesterday on anything. So yeah, I just didn't know that it was going on. And, right. um, I understand why, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, and I don't know, I guess, you know, my point is, I, I don't know. I kind of look at this whole thing a little bit different, Rob, and, and it's, and, and it, I am not one to be, have any type of idea on how people are treated, you know, having been married to a Japanese woman before, you know, it's, it's, uh, we, 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 we you know, kind of saw some of that when we were in Southern Maryland right. 20 years ago. Right. But having been in, um, been in the Navy for 25 years, for me, what was interesting and the way, thing I always talk about some of the buddies I worked with, not that there wasn't issues in the Navy, there was from time to time. And, and a lot of times on bigger commands, big carriers, there was, there was race issues. But the, um, the groups I worked with, we were integrated from, you know, I went in the Navy in 1983 and we were 100% integrated in 83 and oh, yeah. very diverse. Matter of fact, there was a bigger black white component in 83 than there was men women component. The women kind of joined the force yeah, in, yeah. later. So it was, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So for me, it was kind of like I worked in this integrated workforce for years. I relied on that guy in the right, it didn't matter what color. Or, yeah. or it didn't matter that, that, cause you, matter, right. you relied right. on that person equally and you're all buddies and, or, or friends. Right. And so, you know, and I had come from a community that was pretty, oh, pretty white and my, and my, but my mom and dad were pretty, when I was growing up and this would have been, you know, late seventies, early eighties, uh, my, my parents were pretty progressive and we'd hear somebody say something and, you know, maybe there wasn't a response to it, but we'd get in the car or whatever. And my mom would be like, don't you ever, you know, I'll beat you to an inch within your life. You know? Mm -hmm. So from my family standpoint, you know, we were, but again, I can't walk anybody else's shoes. So. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's a, it's a, it's, well, I guess it's been a, you know, it's been an issue for, a very long time, right? Yeah. And it's definitely come to a head over the last few weeks here. Um, so, but you know, and I think yeah. we all, we all understand that that, you know, the death that happened in Minneapolis was, you know, and I, I really I will encourage people. If you haven't watched the full eight minute video, you should watch the full eight minute video. And if you can stomach your way through the full eight minute video, you may come up with a different perspective instead of seeing a 15 second clip on TV. But, right. But at the same point, um, peaceful protesting, I think, you know, we all want that, but this right. violence has gotten, and if there's bad characters doing this violence or if it's some sort of organized stuff, that, that is, that is really concerning here because are they just making an opportunity out of a horrible tragedy? Right. Which I think is, has been happening. I'm sure. So, so. and I think on Saturday we're going to have. One a year, we're gonna have a guest on Saturday. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this on Saturday. But yeah, Donald Albright, who's one of the founders of Tinderfoot TV, is gonna gonna join us, and he's he's also the vice chair of the Podcast Academy too. So, so it would be interesting. You know, he's been involved in the podcasting space for for a few years now. He did a couple podcasts called 
the Atlanta monster podcast. It's basically a true, true crime sure. series and the up and vanished series as well. Um, so I thought it'd be great to have Donald on right, right now, um, to talk about the, the true crime genre, as well as maybe, you know, he's been pretty outspoken about what's been happening. Um, you know, with the, the topic that Todd and I have been talking about, of what happened in Minneapolis and, and maybe he can give us some insight into, uh, you know, how the podcasting space kind of fits into being, being a positive, you know, kind of, um, kind of a positive influence on, on, on things going forward. Well, you know, Rob though, let's look at the podcasting space just kind of from our perspective. When we right. started in 04 right. or 05, right. it was pretty much male dominated. It was. And, and, and right. there, even though early on there was LGBTQ component, the ladies kind of come later in groves. Right. But now, yeah, I think our growth is in, as far as diversity goes, I think we see more women starting podcasts than men. And we go to conferences like podcast movement and, um, it's, it's, I, I love it to be honest with you because, and I've said it on this show many times before is we needed their voices and, and those voices are in podcasting. And I'll say it again, those voices are in podcasting because they haven't been given an equal voice anywhere else. Right. And podcasting yeah. gives those voices an equal voice to be able to say things. It's, it's just like I went to that Spark conference in in Houston. And it just, again, it's, it's, a, it's a group. And the women there were like, we want to be able to have a voice, but it was for different reasons. Then, right. you know, maybe they weren't able to have leadership positions in their churches and so forth. So they were able to have a leadership position in their podcast. And then you have, you have women that are of color that are doing, and they're talking about their issues and things that are going on. And I don't know if you sat through that session that I did at Dragon Con where that diversity yeah, group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting right next. Yeah. And that was, did that wow you a little bit? That, yeah, that I think session? It was, you know, it's it's the elephant in the room, you know, and what, what, what the opportunity in the podcasting medium too is, I mean, it, purely from a positive perspective, the more that this podcast space looks like the general population, right. the more we're going to get listeners, the more from that general population and the more, um, creators that we're going to get. So that, that, that reflect the, the, the culture and society and the diversity of our, um, of our civilization. I mean, I think at the end of the day is, it's, it's what, you know, what's going to grow the media more is the diversity than really anything else. I mean, we, we can have great technology and Google can support it and stuff, but at the end of the day, this is a people medium. Right. And, and the more diversity we can have and the more diverse voices, the more accepting that we can be of those, those voices, the, the more influential and powerful, the more impactful this medium is on everybody's life. So I had a, um, and it may not be related, and I don't know fully the context of the individual's content, but I had an individual email me the other day, and he says, I'm being told that podcasts are better served offshore. And I'm like, well, wh where did you hear that? He said, well, better because, served in what way, Todd? I mean, basically in a server sitting outside of the United States, someplace where that media can't be touched and won't be taken down. And it mm -hmm. kind of struck me kind of funny, and I, I, I I didn't ask the individual what type of content they were going to be doing, but I, I said, listen, that is not the case. I said, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. the way this median 
in and it, it, it just struck me funny. And in the context of what's going on today, I wonder if the individual was going to have some content that was on the fringe. I don't know. Right. But I said, listen, over all the years that we've been doing this business, you know, I can probably take the show takedowns on one to two hands in 14 years. Not that many. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Not right. many. And, and usually those shows that are not, for a better word, following our terms of service, hate speech, Right. Something to that, you know, it's, we, we, again, very few shows that we've ever had to take down. So when someone said, yeah, I'm going to put my media over offshore because it's, it won't be take, won't be more a chance taken down. I got to thinking, well, depending on what country those, that show sits in, you might actually get taken down faster there than you would in the United right. States. So I, I right. again, but it was just a weird, I asked him where, who told you that? <laughs> you know where did you get this information and uh i didn't get a response to it so yeah todd i think it gets back to i think that there's a perception and this was in the radio you know business for many years too is there you know these pirate radio outlets right that were out there and and some of them i i have heard in the past they were like offshore on boats or something right like right and 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 those 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 radio stations were not you know governed by the FCC or whatever. And that's, that was the rationale for that. Um, I don't see that as an issue in the podcasting space no. at all, though, though some of the most significant takedowns that we've experienced Todd have been kind of related to the issues oh, of today. Back, absolutely. Right? right. So, you know, around, you know, the extremist groups that are out right. there that are, tend to be violent tend to be disruptive to our society. And our, you know, basically their goals in existence, uh, tend to break, uh, laws, right? So, so that's where those conflicts have come in is, is where, when the, the content that's being produced is insightful to violence or, right. or, or, or insinuates the intent of violence. Right. And I think that the majority of the takedowns, as you refer to it in the last five years, one of the major one was because of intent of violence. Right. And then the a couple of the other ones were definitely white supremacist shows that uh, right. that yep. that's been the vast right. vast majority of them. yeah. So other than that, you know, we've had people say, "Oh, someone talked bad about me." Well, go sue him. He talked bad about you. That's you know, mm -hmm. he's expressed his opinion about you. You need to take that legally. It's not something that broke our terms of service. So. Um, cause we probably get as equal number of requests for takedowns that don't get taken down because people just pissed off because someone said something about them they didn't like or interview turned out bad or something to that effect. D uh, Dave says in the chat room, he says, I think for 99% of American households, race is not an issue. Uh, Dave, I would contend that number, that 99% might be a little high even today, so even I today. So right. And I don't know I mean, what that number was, is. I, yeah. I would hope that it's that high, but yeah, me I, don't too. Think we, we, uh, I don't think we would be seeing what we're seeing right now if it was that high. <laughs> well, again, Rob, let's also put into context here. Let's be careful here. What right. we're seeing is peaceful protesting. I'm for it all day, every day. As long as you want right. to do it, go right. for it. You want to go out there and scream and yell and show signs. And that's what I spent you know, 25 years in the Navy right. 
supporting freedom of speech, right? all that stuff. Absolutely. Right. Right. Now right. you start throwing Molotov cocktails, then it changes. <laughs> right. It does. It becomes and, a... I mean, it becomes all, you know, it becomes a law and order issue or a right. criminal issue. But the, or a, the sad part if you is. you start breaking laws, then yeah, you, there's consequences you, for that. You might have had a thousand peaceful protesters or 10,000 in it. You bring in 50 that are going to start busting windows and stuff. Then it makes the entire thousand look, look bad. bad. But the nine, the, there's really a thousand good people out there. And then there's 50 bad okay. eggs. <laughs> Well, and that may be the reason that the 50 bad eggs are there is they want to make the thousand look bad. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's unfortunately, I think may be the motivation here. But yeah. it's a, it's definitely a time that most of us probably have not seen, you know, the rot, you go back to Rodney King and some of those other events oh, that happen. Oh, yeah. You know, there's so many, unfortunately. And, and the bad part is, is the, this, you know, the, the science behind, and I know we're not talking a lot about podcasting here today, but so far is that those communities suffer for years yeah. and years and years and years yeah, because people just throw their hands up and say, forget it. And, and you know, it takes 20 years for them to recover. And, and that's, that's the sad part about this. So yeah. anyway, anyway, we can, we, we can move on, but you know, I think, the topic may come up and just be prepared. The topic may come up a little bit on the show on Saturday too. So, yeah. um, but it, it, it'll be a constructive and positive conversation. Yeah. Dave says it's um, not much lower. It's also my favorite number. 99. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, anyway, it's welcome to number. everyone. Welcome to new, new media show. Yes, this is the new media show. And Rob and I do not claim to be any experts in anything except for podcasting. So, <laughs> right, right. Totally. That's but there's been, uh, yeah. So I, I guess I'll toot my own horn because, you know, we basically re I don't know if I talked about it on the last show or not, but we released, uh, WordPress 8.3 with a major UI update. And mm -hmm. we're really excited about, uh, you know, so, you know, I think on the last show we talked about it, this UI stuff takes forever. <laughs> yeah, and and Lipson is working on UI stuff too. So you know, looking for some new experiences on that platform as well. So, yeah, that'd be good. Dave says, yeah. think of the millions and millions of people in the USA. The looters and racists are a much smaller number, but that's not to say there isn't a problem in this country. There is, and yes. Yeah, so, but I will say this as well: having traveled to, I think my count is about sixty countries over the past thirty years. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't trade America. Or almost any country, it'd be, right. it'd be hard pressed to find. And again, everyone feels the same about the country they live in. So, sure, yeah, you bet. To yeah. a certain extent, some do, some don't. Yeah, I've I've traveled abroad a lot. I certainly haven't been to sixty countries, but uh, I've been to enough to to see the diversity that's out there. And there, there's a lot of lot of diversity in how cultures have developed and countries have have grown. And I think. The big thing about the USA that's so different that I, I think sometimes we don't think about is just how diverse this country is. It's it's basically it truly is a melting pot of cultures and and viewpoints and things like that, and that creates kind of a potential of a volatile situation, right? Well, look, where a lot look. of a lot of a lot of countries in the world are fairly you know fairly mm, I don't know what the right word to describe it is, but not as diverse. So. But, um, but anyway, we yep. can, 
we can move on and talk yep. about some things that happened, uh, you know, you, earlier in the week. Do you right? see this study that came out of Canada uh, uh, with Joe Rogan? And it's just something. Oh, with, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That about uh, 41% said I would listen to it or watch it less often than I do now. And 23, well, of the 41%, 23%, I would stop listening to it or watching it if it was only available on Spotify. And I would love to see the demographic of that 23%. Yeah. Well, as we know, Spotify tends to be, tends to be demographically much younger. Yeah. Uh, and Joe's audience may be, tend to be a little older. Mm-hmm. Right. But so that could, could account for this. We'll see what happens. And, uh, we were missing though. Did you listen to the infinite dial in Canada today? Did you tune in for that? I did not. I had a call that I had to be on. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was pretty busy too. Throw. So we missed it. We probably can pull up that. I wonder if that's, if those screenshots are available. Let me look here. If, uh, let's see here. Yeah. I mean, purely if you look at it from what we saw in the infinite dial in Canada last year is that the per capita consumption of podcasts is higher there than it is in the U S. So, and so it's, it's growing and doing very, very well up there. But, you know, as we probably wouldn't be surprised, the content coming out of the U S pretty much dominating that. Um, there's not a huge amount of content that's being created in Canada. That's just being consumed in Canada. Um, but, but there is some very, very good podcasts being, being, being produced in Canada that are, that are very, very popular as well. I'm on the Edison research website and I'm trying to see if they've got, I don't know if they've posted it yet. Yeah. It did say that 8% of all Canadians, um, of all Canadians listened to the Joe Rogan show in the last month. <laughs> 8 that's, that's a pretty big number. If you think about right. it, Yeah, some politicians would die for that, uh, die for those types of numbers. But yeah, I yeah, don't, uh, I don't see it posted up publicly yet. And the, the numbers that I've seen in the past, uh, the, the Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, part of Canada is it, it has the highest consumption of podcasts. So on the West coast of Canada is where most of the listening is happening. All right. And again, it gets, you know, this week is, uh, come off a short news week from last week. So there, there might not be a lot of stuff, but Dan J. Lewis put out a number that in May, 96,537 shows started in May. That's a, that's a bigger number than what I thought it would be because 90,000 started in April, 90,977. So 96,000. Yes. 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 So it's up 6,000 shows higher than April. Right. Yeah. So according to, There's now 1,136,520 podcasts in Apple Podcasts. And I think I had actually gave us, uh, I'm going to go look at our number again because we had uh, talked about it just a little bit here. Let's see here. Let's see what my count is. The 1136, we're at 1213. So again, about 60,000, 70,000 ahead of the Apple podcast directory. That's still an incredible number. Yeah. Todd, and the, the number also about Spotify being now more popular than Apple podcasts for 
Canadian podcast listeners under the age of 35. So that kind of plays into what we were just saying a, l- a little bit about how, how the demographic of Spotify listeners is, is different than Apple podcasts. So I would say that the, what you know, Apple podcast tends to be probably hmm, maybe a little older than that. But I am a little concerned about this other number here that the IEB released saying that this report of internet advertising revenue for 2019 digital audio advertising revenue was at 2.7 billion. That's increased to 21%. That number includes all forms of audio streaming, not just podcasting, but the Bureau attributes 25% growth in audio revenue on mobile devices in large part to podcasting. So I don't, I did not attend this. I was signed up for it and missed it. So I'm going to see here. Did they actually break out? Um, did they actually break out the podcast numbers in itself? I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see the full report. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, I don't think. I, why can't I download it? Maybe I have to sign in to get to it. Well, anyway, so oh, AIB Internet. Now that's impact report, consumer media usage report. Well, maybe they haven't put it online, but yeah. So that's a two point seven billion. We were what, hoping to get to two billion in podcast ad revenue by. Didn't we have another year to go? Uh, yeah, I think it was twenty twenty one. I believe was the target date. But I do see, and this is kind of interesting because I saw this before, is where I'm getting a rash of RFPs now from podcast adver- people that are just joining the advertising space and podcasting. So instead of spending their money, matter of fact, the gal I talked to this morning, she, um, their, their advertisers have pulled all their money out of radio and they are putting it all in podcasting. So I thought that was a big wow moment for just, you know, to say, yeah, we're pulling, they pulled their entire budget out of radio and they want to put it on podcasting. They do want to do a little geo-targeting, but they're talking with them, making them understand that those are often micro audiences. They're going to kind of work on their campaign to figure out how they can give it to a bigger voice. Um, Because, you know, they said, well, I just want to hit these three states. And I'm like, okay, so I'm, you know, and you got, you got plenty of money to spend. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you don't have to spend that much money because we're not going to be able to spend it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, so I thought that was curious that they're, they're pulling money out of radio. That's the first thing anyone said that to me directly. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But um, is it, but you would think drive is starting to recover now a little bit, but maybe not. Well, that's, what I've heard is that the, 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 some of the platforms are starting to report that there's, we're getting back up to, into normal range now of listening again. Um, so those, those platforms that had shown a decline seem to be starting to turn around now. So I think people are driving the cars around more and maybe, I don't know how much people are flying or taking trains or those kind of things yet, but. I think it's definitely stepping up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and 
Yeah, I, yeah. Todd, did you see the 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 nine to five Mac article talking about Apple Podcasts should allow Patreon style donation options in the Apple Apple UI? Did you hear about? Say this? that again. So, the nine to five Mac website at nine to five Mac dot com actually mm-hmm. has an article up here. Uh, says Apple Podcasts should allow Patreon style donation options in their mm, player app. Right. So I don't know. You know, I, I think it's I think it's a good idea for them to do that. I don't know that that conversation has come up directly with Apple that I've been involved in. Um, so you know, I don't think it's a bad idea. But I'm yeah. not sure how Apple would actually actually support this if they would want to have a take a cut of that or if it would be a pass-through type of situation it hasn't been a topic that i've had with them you know i they are under no obligation to do that no and that's quite obvious because they haven't done it (laughs) in 16 years so it's been a you know actually apple really hasn't has been pretty hands-off with all forms of monetization actually so there's nothing to stop you from putting a donation button in your show notes or, or on your website or on your website. So Apple really doesn't have to do anything for podcasters to, to do this. And I don't know if you guys support it, but we support the link in the RSS feed to be able to link to your, your contribution page or your PayPal account. There's a way to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if apps that support that can pick it up. Yeah, right. I, th- I think when it comes, you know, I think what people are always looking for in, in this nine to five Mac, you know, dialogue, in, we're, we're all as podcasters responsible for our own stuff. And my, my right. Slack messaging is going, I got to turn my volume down. It's just, um, I, I, I don't know. You know, if someone wants to donate to my show, I am very clear where they should go. Even this show, we tell you, hey, there's a link in the show notes. You want to throw us a dime? You right. know, it's, it, it's, it's our responsibility as podcasters to tell our audience members where they can go to donate for the show. I don't need a Patreon account. This is the thing that cracks me up. Everyone's going, oh, I got to go set up a Patreon account. Right. Well, if you have a PayPal account, you don't pay as much. At least I right. think so. And yeah, it, I think that the comment here is not not necessarily specific to Patreon. I think they were using it as an example of that type of donation model. Um, but yeah, Todd, I I agree with you 100. Um, percent I mean, I I'm, this article probably shouldn't have used the Patreon name to refer to this. I think it should have been just more of a generic reference around donation models, right? Right. I think that there's a perception by many out there that Patreon is the only donation model. Um, and that's just not the case. And if you, you know, you go to, you know, you go to my, my main show's website and there's nothing on there, but I, I tell my audience where that don't, it's a link done and it's, and it's, you know, it's not fancy. I just, for those of you watching, uh, it's not updated yet. Hang on. Let me wait. Oh, there it yeah, goes. It's just a, PayPal it's just, it's just a, donate, yeah. Donate. And there's, they right. can select how much they want. Uh, right. You know, two, five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60 dollars a month. Now, the highest I get on my show is a $25 a month 
donation. And then we have some rewards following the Adam Curry model. Right. Or they can do a one-time donation, you know. So this is not, uh, this is not, I guess for a better word, anything fancy. But, you know, I get a fair number of donations to my show just by having that. And, and I don't have a PayPal link on my main website. Some be, I used to. Um, but I figured it was taking up too much valuable real estate for the whole, for the whole show or for the website. That's why I put it on a sub page. Yeah. So this article mentions, um, that, that Apple would, would be able to take, let's say 15% of the revenue for processing and handling the transaction. You know, I, I think it depends on what, what you, how involved we want these platforms in controlling our or being able to to funnel these types of things. Um, and you know, certainly Apple could do such a thing. I don't know that it would be really worth their time and effort to, to do this. Um, would it escalate the amount of donations made to podcasts? Yeah, there's a possibility that it might. Uh, I, I doubt it. Well, do you I mean, make donate? Do you make donations only, via apps now? Yeah, but if you only have it off your website, but um, versus having a link to it in the the Apple Podcast Player app, where would you be most likely to click on it? It may be in the Player app, right? Mm. Hmm. First of all, well, here's my my thought on this: is likely that the only people are going to donate anyway are the super fans. Right. So they're going to, if you tell them you need support for the show, they're going to come to the website and buy Merck or buy or do a donation. Right. I I don't think the average listener, maybe, maybe the average listener, it's an impulse saying, yeah, I'll throw them two bucks or five or 10, maybe in the app. So, But, I, mean, I think I would be supportive of Apple doing do, doing such a thing, um, just from the standpoint of you know um, trying to get podcasters some revenue, you know, coming in. Yeah, potentially. I I don't know. I I guess I got mixed feelings yeah. on that. Well, I think you get mixed feelings, and I I get a little nervous about it too. Is you know, once these platforms start getting in the middle and creating transactions on the part of the podcaster, the podcaster kind of could lose control of that relationship, right? Yep. Right. Right. Because they're definitely not going to tell you who it was. From a privacy standpoint, you'll have gotten a donation. And then, right. oh, the next problem is, is guess what Apple has to do then? They got to send you a 1099. Right. That's true. Because they've distributed money to you. Well, doesn't, doesn't PayPal do that too? Yeah. PayPal does that. And you have to put in, same with Patreon, you have to put your tax info in, but you know, then what happens to the dude, you know, obviously you don't get a 1099 until you've made $600, I think anything under that is self-reporting. So they wouldn't have to, but it's $601, then Apple's going to have to do the, you know, 1099 paperwork. Do all the paperwork for all that. Yeah. So. Are they going to charge, are they going to do, are they going to take 15% to do the paperwork? No, they're going to take 30 to make it worth their while to pay their accountants to have to do, or, you know, build some automated system that is going to cut the 1099. 
yeah. by the way. Because the, they're probably not going to work with a third party for that. No, I, I don't yeah. think so. I don't think I don't see Apple doing that. So, so hmm. well, anyway, yeah. I, I got our right graphic up on the show. I forgot to put that up earlier. I don't. You probably can't see it, Rob, but you've seen my uh, dinosaur. The audience has been seeing my dinosaur here for a little bit. Now they're seeing the uh, the new media show logo. So, hey, uh, James, thanks for joining the live show, and uh, appreciate you being here. Let me check over on YouTube and see if anybody's made a comment. Brett, thanks for coming in on YouTube. We appreciate you being here. Get a number of listeners over there. So, hey Todd, one topic that's uh, that kind of dovetails off of the Apple conversation uh, is is how important do you think it is that um, we're able to uh, via just click of a button in our platforms be able to submit to Apple? Well, we've wanted it for a long time. Right. But Apple has not wanted us to capture doing type of capturing of email or passwords for even though some services are violating Apple terms of service in doing that. Right. Apple doesn't want us to be, you know, have anything to do. So now if Apple made some sort of, uh, you know, basically where they click a button in our sites and it does a pop-up and we pre-fill the data and then the, it's all, that's all driven by Apple and allows right. that submission to happen, then that's great. But we've been asking Apple that for, for years. Right. Because, I mean, if you look at it, most of the other competing platforms to them support, a, you know, an API submission from our tools, right? Well, not so, many. What? Spotify, but there's not very many others that support an API submission. Mm, well, you've got Deezer and you've well, got Deezer, but and you've got the iHeart Radio platform. You've got not everyone uh, has access to the API to iHeart. Yeah, that's limited. Right. We right. don't have access to the iHeart, iHeart API. Oh, you don't? Oh, no, you only don't. you guys and uh, your prior employer have access to mm -hmm. iHeart's API. Spreaker. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize. I thought that no. maybe you guys had access to no, that. No, no. They've only made that available to two two companies. Okay, and I just accidentally uh, are part of those two companies? Is that what you're saying, uh -huh. Todd? Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are other platforms that we, we would love to have this yeah, relationship with, too. And that's uh, like Stitcher is another one. Uh, TuneIn is another one. Because I think that at the end of the day, and, and I think, you know, we both have this goal of eliminating complexity for podcasters, um, that this is one thing that we've been pushing for for a long time. And many of those other platforms, there's less sensitivity to that. It's just getting, getting it done. So what, you know, getting what, resources done to apply to it, to get it done. What drove this? Did you hear something or are you just speculating? No, I'm just, uh, I'm just throwing <laughs> the conversation out again, just to re reinforce the message. Hey, Apple, I know you're listening. Yes. We still want the ability to do this. Right. Right. You know, and, so, but again, it's, they're also working. I think what probably they do too, but it's just like anything else. Where, where is it in the backlog? Where is it in the scrum dev cycle? When are we going to be able to put devs on it? You know, what priority right. is that? And well, and is there some way that, that 
the technology can be built, and I'm I'm pretty sure it is, uh, where the information exchange between Apple and the publishing platforms can can remain, you know, separate, right? So we're not capturing that Apple ID information, but yet it's still passing to Apple, right? Um, and to to assure that there's security on that, to enable that. So I don't know that it's a technology obstacle. I think it's more of a of a well, let's just get it done. And yeah, it's a, it's basically it, it, to do it. I would sure would be relatively simple, right? Because all we do is do an API call to their system to pop up the box, and we fill the box with the right data, and then the person puts in their yeah. their password yeah. and their login and password, and it does. We don't yeah. see it because it's encrypted, and right. I mean, that's what that's what Spreaker was able to do when I was working there. Is that that was a big push that I was doing with um, trying to automate the submissions to right. as many of these platforms as we can. And the speaker wound up building a, a pop-up, just like what you said, that um, that passed the RSS feed via the URL um, to Apple. And then the podcaster would just log in with their user ID and, and password. And um, that feed would populate the the form on the next page that they on would Apple? Go to or, or the subsequent page. That's what it was at, at um, with Apple. Yeah. Correct. And that, that, and then eventually you, you just work your way through the process via the pop-up. So you guys right. just tricked it is what you did. You engineered a solution to do that. There was no integration with Apple. No, exactly. Apple actually told us that you could pass the feed URL to them, uh, through the login screen. You right. know, so that basically really what it did was it, it created a separation between Spreaker and Apple around the, the, the Apple ID and password. So, right. And I don't know, to be honest with you, we may be sending that data too. I haven't submitted a show yeah, to Apple right, podcast right, in right. years. So, but it's one of the big reasons I'm raising this topic is that there's many platforms and hopefully they're listening here. Um, that, that we would love to get more of an automation submission process with them, um, to help podcasters instead. As you know, Todd, there's so much confusion and customer support around, well, how do I get into this Mm -hmm. or how do I get into that platform? You know, where do you have to go? What's required? All that stuff. And, and, and I think both of us are willing to build that into our publishing tools. So I had a getting support on both sides for it. I had a conversation with a company yesterday or day before, and it was discussion about um, tying into our API. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the, the story usually goes, we want to work with you. And we'll say, well, here's the API. We'll give you the token. You go ahead and write to be able to do this mission. We'll do a test. and make sure it all works. That's usually how the conversation goes. And right. then they integrate into our publishing platform or whatever. This conversation went like, no, we're not going to integrate into your platform. You have to actually reach back to us and pull this data from us. And I'm kind of like, you have a product, you're trying to make it easier for your people. And yet you want me to do the dev work to make right. it easier for, so are you going to pay me for that work? <laughs> 
you know, I, the way I kind of looked at it at this point is that if I'm going to support, if, if some company comes to me, and maybe this is the wrong way to completely think about it, but if you want me to integrate with your platform and I'm not making any money off that, you need to do the work. Now, if I'm making some money off it, I'll do the work to do the integration. But if, if I'm, yes, if I add some, if it's going to help me have more features for our customers, then maybe we'll do it. Maybe there's enough added value that it's something we, we can justify as a, a new feature. But right. oftentimes now what we continue to see is these companies that are oftentimes charging more for their services than what they charge, what we're charging for hosting and yet, and making money their own way and yet want to integrate to me without revenue exchange, you do the integration. You know, you've, you, you're making money on your own. You do right. the integration back to us. But right. uh, I don't know. I don't, it's a kind of an internal discussion point, and we look at each thing case by case. But uh, we've yeah. seen, you know, to, you know, you know, here's what we did. We integrated with Spotify, right? We did all the work right, to integrate and with we, Spotify. Oh, there was so much that went on with that. So many years. hours. Yeah. Right. And so much support. I mean, right. we, and yes, our podcasts are excited to be on Spotify and it was, you know, we had to do it. Rabbit is probably a better word. To describe right. It. And, and then, yeah. and then Spotify built their own ingestion uh, way. Number one, after we had told them from the beginning, that's what you should do. And second is they bought a competition and are potentially competing with us now. So I get real hesitant to integrate with someone. You know, as a matter of fact, recently I had someone say, I said, you're going to have to sign a non-compete, a 10-year non-compete that you will, if we integrate with you, you can't compete in our business space for 10 years. And the person wouldn't sign it. So I'm just like, okay, so if you're, you got your own three-year plan on right. where you're headed. And all of a sudden this work we did and there was no money for us and you yet you then three years from now starts competing with me and I helped you. So. Yeah, yeah Todd, I think I know who you're, you're referring to here. <laughs> well, there's two, com there's two companies. Right. I know. Actually yeah. three. There's three now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. No, it's a, it's, it's a valid point. You know, I mean, we, yeah, I guess, I guess we don't have to go there too far, but yeah, can easily kind of get taken advantage. Right? I'm not saying take advantage of, it's just like, you know, well, buyer beware, yeah. right? Right. Or trick yeah. me once, trick me twice. And right. Right. And it's mm -hmm. the same point. Sometimes there's stuff that our podcasters want and they ask for, and you know, it makes sense for us to integrate with to, someone to do it just because that's what our customers right. are wanting, are wanting right. right 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 exactly and that's always a factor that we have to consider when we make these type of deal relationships todd did you see this site i don't know how new it is or how long it's been around but it's called uh, a listener uh, i haven't actually yeah it's at l-i-s-t-n-r dot I think it's an interesting um, 
thing too. It's the headline of the website is start a podcast in 30 plus languages without recording anything. Yeah. Listener helps convert your blog posts or any text for voice over for podcasts. Well, let me talk about this. <laughs> this is not the first time we've seen this. No, but At, it's, you know, in the early it's days, a, it's probably a, a good one to talk about. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So, there's two things to look at it. When the directory, when we first started the directory, I was often going through and look because we were getting submissions all the time for the directory for podcasts. And they happened to tech podcasts, believe it or not, more than on blueberry.com. People would apply to be on techpodcast.com. And part of our thing was they had to have seven episodes and I went through and reviewed. But oftentimes the podcasts were nothing more than blog posts that had, that were being today in history, uh, you know, as a, machine that was reading the blog text. post and making a podcast out of it it's and it text text to voice technology right and it was and it was basically a bot that was going through and submitting these shows and and i had to clear literally over the years probably thousands of these stupid bot to text podcasts that were submitted to the directory that had maybe three episodes and what they were is they were all they were doing was seo manipulation they were doing three or four podcast on a certain topic and it, it was really and, and the names come through like uh best implant podcast or something they would they were really gaming the system by creating a bunch of false content um at least that's the game they played early on now that kind of went away um uh, because maybe google smacked it down or who knows and that tactic didn't work any longer but now start a podcast in 30 languages without recording anything can you actually convert a actual audio file? Can you take a podcast? So let me look at the pricing here. Um, I don't believe it works taking an English podcast and converting it into 30 languages. I, I don't know that they're doing that yet. So, so you have to have probably, a there's probably a, a play for that. And I, and what, one of the reasons I want to talk about this too, is because it, it, it raises a lot of um, issues as you look to the future of this medium, right? Um, you know, let's say you, Todd, or myself, we go to a website. And I think there, there is a website that allows you to do this right now where you go in and you basically create an audio profile of yours, of your speech patterns, right? Mm -hmm. And you say right. a bunch of words into it, not unlike what uh, Amazon did with their smart speakers platform or Google did or whatever. Um, that woman that you talked to is actually, you know, a voice actor came in and recorded all those words, right? And what the computer does is it, it recombines those words into various responses, right? So it's kind of similar technology from the standpoint that you could go in and create a, a profile of your speaking abilities, right? And then when you upload text, it basically takes that profile and creates the words in your voice. So do we want to have podcasts that sound like ones that are done by me that are generated by a computer in French based or on, whatever, based on me typing what I'm going to say, or the other side of it would be taking the audio side of what I say in a podcast, running it through these servers to create different language versions of it. Right. So the model I like the best is having a 99% accurate transcript. Right. 
and having that applied to 50 different languages, that would be pretty cool. Now, right. managing that, oh, don't even want to think about it because that's because uh, you're going to have to have 50 different feeds and blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of work to do that. There better be some reward and it better be good. You know, it better be really good. It better not be just some drone talking that sounds like it's reading text from the page and, you know, with no. Well, Todd, it's going to have to be you. It's going to have to be, I mean, it's going well, to be, you know, a voice well, profile. Someone that's, that's listening. Fr- well, not, not necessarily. Let's say it's a French person that's never going to listen to the show because they don't speak English and they're listening in French. They don't care what my voice sounds like. Can, can they take my voice profile and convert it into French? Maybe. I don't know. If they can't, they will. They'll probably some point. figure it out based on syllables and sounds that are associated with certain letters. Maybe. I don't know. So, it's a, yeah. So it's they're, they're priced. It's an interesting question, right? Yeah. So right now they're free. Five audio conversions per month is, is free. Male, female, and neutral voices. Access to all tools up to 5,000 words. Pro, unlimited audio conversions per month, $12 per month, 60, oh, 60 audio conversions, unlimited summaries, unlimited embeds, audio player customization, audio player analytics, and up to 50,000 words. Now, how many words, I forget, what is the average number of words a person speaks per second? Is it six or seven? I'm not sure. I've, I've, I've never seen a number. Yeah, so let's Google that. What's the average? Words per oh, per minute. Okay. Spoken. So if we're just talking, 150 words per minute is about the, is an average. According to the National Center for Voice and Speech. So 50,000 divided by 150, that's quite a bit. Um, let me go back then and look at their pricing again. Let's see here, up to 50,000 words per recording or total. So let me go and do the calc here. It's high-level math, of course. I think it's 45 or something like that. So 50,000 divided by 150. Is it 450 minutes? No, it's 333 minutes. So that's essentially five and a half hours of of content, but how many language conversions do you get with that? So interesting. And then $50 a month, unlimited, I guess they have unlimited summaries, 15 accounts for teams. Someone's, some podcasters are going to be using this next week. Oh yeah. And experimenting with this. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll see, but. It was interesting. It was covered in a podcast newsletter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, if you do some searching in Google under like, um, real human custom voice profiling, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a good combination of words to try and find companies out there that would, that you could go to, to create a, a voice profile for yourself. So let's say you're a podcast host. Um, and, and you want to create a digital profile of your voice, right? I think Adobe does that a little bit for word replacement. Right. But I don't think it, well, I don't know. I haven't checked too deep into it. So there is some, 
you know, I think Adobe was the one that did the, if you needed to change two or three words, you could do it. I think it's, uh, there's one called human voice bank. Um, anyway, I, I'll probably do some more research. Yeah. We can talk about it more on the next show, but Hey, there's a, there's a post on a comment on YouTube. Nate says, what's up guys really enjoy your shows and all the other podcasts about podcasting. What's the best way to get into the industry? I'm looking for a career chain. Oh, that's a big question, Nate. Um, first of all, you can start a podcast. That's number one. Always. If yeah, you want to be, in, that'd be the first thing. I'd if, do. if you're going to be in the podcasting space, you probably need a podcast. Uh, that's learn the ins and out of podcasting as an right. example, blueberry, how we've hired all of our tech support people is it's been from podcasters that use our tools and know our systems in and out. So all my support guys all were, were uh, fans of our company, were fans of our tools. And then basically when we put the job announcements out, they, you know, we knew who was going to be a good candidate for um, support. Now there's all kinds of podcasting jobs being announced all the time. And people are doing stuff like editing. What we often find is people that fail as podcasters become editors because they figure out that's a way to make money by doing editorial services. And I think right. that anybody you hire that's an editor best actually have some podcasting skills. And that's the way it was with our Blueberry Pro team. Everyone on our Blueberry Pro team right. was vetted, the content creators first, good content creators first before they were, you know, do editing and production. But then there's all kinds of, there's lots of jobs being announced. Uh, you know, we're probably gonna have a job announcement in the next month or so for uh, a project manager of sorts. So. Right. And a, and a great place to look for uh, podcast jobs is just subscribe to podnews.net and subscribe to that newsletter because uh, it's a section in every, every newsletter that's published that's called pod jobs. And it, it runs through a whole list of um, job opportunities in the medium. But definitely most folks that have, and maybe not out of uh, New York or California, because a lot of those folks hire people out of Hollywood. They hire production people. They hire people that have right. had some sort of radio experience. But if you have none of that, then the way to get experience is, you know, strap on a mic and start doing a show. Learn, you know learn the chops of what it takes to do a podcast. I think that, and here's the best part. You don't have to do a career change. You can work on that for a year, 18 months or 24 months, get some experience and then watch those job listings and see if something fits. Yeah, I know. I, when I got started, I was working full-time jobs. Todd, I was doing my, my, my radio show. Yeah. I was working full-time jobs in, in podcasting and prior to podcasting. Um, um, when I was doing the radio show, so it was like doing the content was like a weekend thing, you know, or evening thing or whatever. So a lot of podcasters do that too. Nate, I was in the Navy when I started Blueberry and everyone, right. all my team members had regular full-time jobs at regular companies. And then right. I, I transitioned and then my podcast was able to pay my salary. And so, yep. you know, kind of worked into it that way. So it is a, you know, and another thing too is go to the conferences, get to be known, you know, contribute to the conversation, you know, come up to the podcasting companies and say, Hey, I'm, 
I'm Nate. I'm uh, doing a podcast and I'm looking to get in the podcasting space. Yeah. And what do you guys got going on? And we'll find out where you're at, what you have. And you may be surprised that because if we like you, we'll say, well, let's remember that Nate guy that came and talked to us. Let's, let's go talk to him and, you know, see if he would be a fit for us. Hey, Todd, I got an email today from the NAB uh, about the radio show, which is a separate conference that the NAB does um, that is basically. It's scheduled for mid-September um, hmm. that it, it got canceled today. Oh. So, so when that event was starting to, actually it was held in Dallas this past year, um, that event started to add a lot of um, podcasting sessions. So they actually and, canceled it for September already. Right. Yep. Damn. And they announced that they were going to uh, um, put together a virtual event just like what the NEB did with their NEB Express. So well, that NA, was just NA, announced today. NEB is going to be, you know, that's another conference that can't imagine the money they've lost this year. Yeah. Huge. Holy cow. You know, there's our, you know, this, this thing has got huge ramifications down the road. You know, the state of Michigan's already telling schools 20, 25% cut. You're going to be going down. You're getting that much less for per student. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the states are losing a lot of revenue right now. Yeah. So this thing has long lasting ramifications. Dave says I was in the Navy too. USS mobile, USS Dallas in the USS mobile. Well, I think you were a bit of a bubblehead there, Dave. Uh, welcome to the show. And, uh, I'll be first to say, and if you haven't heard it on the show before, I did 25 years in the Navy and I only toured ships. And of course, I won't refer to ships as boats because boats are a little bit different, as you well know. And uh, it's true. You don't yeah. want to call a sub guy that, you know, you don't want to tell this, a sub guy they're on a ship. They're on a boat. I think I'm right. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> distinction, Todd. Oh, yeah. it's big. And uh, so, yeah, I flew the entire time on P3s. <laughs> I racked up a per diem counter. My C duty counter is all zeros, <laughs> but my yeah. per diem counter has lots of numbers on it. And only a Navy guy will understand what I'm talking about. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave said, I'd love to work in podcasting. I'd love to work with Spreaker, but certainly open minded to the possibilities. Why would you want to go? Why would you want to go to, uh, Work for for Spreaker. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's VoxNest. Actually, uh, and no one knows who that is. No yes. one knows who that is. It's Spreaker. You don't hear anyone <laughs> talking about VoxNest. Such a bad branding decision. You, you didn't. Mm. You weren't part of that decision, were you? Mm, no, I was kind of on the opposite <laughs> side of that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, Spreaker. It could have a little bit to do with why I'm not there. No. <laughs> oh, Tim says one so, ping only. That's right, funny. Right. <laughs> so, Timmy, did you hear that uh, that Nit uh, now is a well, it's a podcast host uh, that's been around for a long time that was started by uh, Chris Smith. Uh, as uh, he's Chris Smith is now the 
the CEO or, or president of a company called Podcast Ads. Hmm. So, Chris Smith? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a change for him. Well, it's the same company. It's just oh. a different different division of the company. So, so Knit it has a, a new uh, CEO. His name is Matt Kinzer, who is the co-founder of, um, of Knit. So, so, so they split their ad sales and the other, which was a technology platform was more of a ad insertion, ad hosting or podcast hosting called knit. You know what that is? Yes. It's a knitting. Sl- no, it's a sleight of the hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I can talk it, a lot about, uh, Chris and knit. It's so, just, okay. So if you think about pod track, right, they're yes. a measurement company. Then what's their other company called? Uh, podcast ad. No, 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 no. Talking about pod track. What's the other? Oh, what's the other, what's the other one? See, we don't even know it here. I, I, it, it's escaped my brain right this moment. I have to go to their website. So it's what's it uh, called? Uh, what's it called? Uh, um, oh, oh no. Anyway, I'm drawing a blank right now. Let's see here. if I can find it. Uh, authentic, authentic. Authentic. That's yeah. Right. So they, they have authentic and they have pod track. They have the measurement and the sales. So this is, this is, this well, is. Well, and the hosting too. Okay. Pod track also hosts. Some. But anyway, it's, it's the sleight of the hands again, because right. you can't ha- can't be the fox and the hen house, right? Because you got to have measurement separate from ad sales. Right. Okay. So you have two entities, yet they all work together. So right. it's just hocus pocus. So is this what Chris did? Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. So it, so you've got the tech and then you've got ad sales. So. Well, that NIT has always had, or actually here most recently, they, they had an ad marketplace that they were, they were promoting as part of a service within NIT. Right. So I think what this is is just a breaking out of the two companies into two separate entities. So Dave says inside of the uh, larger entity called Pale Grove. Okay. So Dave Pale says Groove. Pale Groove. Pale Groove. Dave says, Wow, well, Todd, tell us how you really feel. Well, we are we're pretty straightforward on this show. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we really are. And we know, you know, Rob knows firsthand. He used to work over there. You know, so, and I've got my own opinion, but, you know, they, they did this division and no, no one knows who, you, you talk to podcasters, maybe new podcasters know who Vox Nest is, but anyone that's been around this space before, they don't, they don't really associate it. They should have just called it, left the name main company was Spreefer and had a subdivision called Vox Nest. Well, I mean, I can share probably a little bit of the, the reasoning behind that that formation of that new company is it was kind of twofold um spreaker acquired basically block talk radio which merged in a, a whole nother kind of business uh into spreaker right which was a separate platform block talk radio has been around for a long time and um blog talk the, radio radio they've had two two different boards of directors um so they had to merge employees and boards and all this stuff together into one company and it was just easier for them to create a like a parent company that was sitting on top of both of of that merger right 
um, and to create something new. And then secondarily, the other benefit was uh, VoxNest was going to be seen as an enterprise company, not so much a consumer brand like like Spreaker was seen. So those are really the the two reasons why VoxNest exists. You know, so it you know some of us have two company names too. You know, Blueberry Podcasting right. is not the parent company; it's Raw Voice. Right. Raw but Voice you're not is out there promoting Raw Voice. No, where, no. Most were where they were out there promoting VoxNest really o- over the top of. My, so, which, which I kind of didn't agree with. Yeah. So here's the funny part. My son, who's in Hawaii, my oldest son, he sent me this text about a week ago. And he's mm-hmm. like scolding me about how our website wasn't set up and he couldn't log in and all these mm-hmm. things. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he sent me a picture mm-hmm. of Raw Voice, his website. And I laughed. And I'm like, dude, uh, go over to blueberry.com and look over there. And he went over there and, he, and he's like, even my son knows, he only knows raw voice because that's all he heard about when he was a kid and stuff. So he doesn't really understand that the, the sep, you know, the raw voice is where the checks come from. I get a, my paycheck comes from raw voice, but blueberry podcasting is what we do business under. And matter right. of fact, so for him, he was even like, he was opposite. He didn't know that blueberry podcasting existed. So it's kind of funny in a sense. Right. Right. I mean, I'm a big fan of keeping things straightforward you know it, yeah. it helps people it, it it just lowers the amount of confusion and questions that you have to address <laughs> before you can get to a point of you can actually do a business deal with somebody right it's like okay I, you know how does that work with that and you know you go into this big explanation you know i don't know how many times i had to have that conversation with people that walk by the booth right and and they say well is this where speaker is you know or <laughs> things like that it's like there was confusion right well, so. it's just in, you know, it's okay. So Libsyn's got a little history there too with wizard and all this, you know, right, so there's, right. but so, it's, but well, it's clean now. Though. Well, that's a fact, you know, right. and here's the funny thing too, is if we'd have been smart in the early days, we'd never launched blueberry. It had been under raw voice. We, we were, we were, I, Hey, I was a supporter of, of raw voice as your name. Yeah. Right? So you know, and way, way back. So right. for us, it was just like, you know, we, we made decisions back then that you just, you know, because it started out with raw voice was we, we created podcast connect, not no podcaster right. news and raw. You guys have raw voice.com. Yeah. We got raw voice.com. Yeah. Which is spelled properly. Right. It is. <laughs> and, and we, we Her start, blueberry is not spelled properly. right. And we start out with podcaster news and that, right. you know, that was kind of an experiment that was, you know, a, a spitball that was thrown up on the wall and didn't stick. Right. You know, and then we said, okay, let's, we, we, instead of just keeping the raw voice name and launching, because we were a company make, we were, I'll be frank. We were making shit up as we went. Right. We really were. We were, you know, we're trying to, companies have been doing that. We we, we were trying to figure out our DNA and, you know, we had this great tagline, fresh organic media. It was really awesome. And then we decided, well, we can have this podcast directory where we can get podcasters to come in and, and be on the directory and we can get them using our stats. And then that will be a tie-in for them to be able to get advertising deals with us. And that's how Blueberry began. And it was a mindset behind it. We've got raspberry, R-A-S-B-R-R-Y.com. We've got a couple of other ones that are out there that, why? We were sitting in Chicago. It was cold. 
or <laughs> drinking probably a little too much. And, and it was dot-com days and a, no vowels was cool at that time. And how, who knows? Fresh Organic Media, okay, kind of late. Right. Kind of led into you kind of understand the tie-in so right. you know and then and then you spend five years after you've launched saying why did we do that yeah what what, what stupid brand decision was that and now everyone knows who we are and yeah, every once in a while someone laughs but it's it is and why didn't we call, we had all kinds of podcast domains why didn't we use a podcast domain because apple right. apple was forcing apps to change their name because they had pod in the name. Right. And so we were yeah. afraid to name anything with a pod in it in those early days. Yeah, right. Right. Do you even exactly. know what Libsyn stands for? It's lubricated syndication. You know, I bet you a lot of... <laughs> did you say lubricated syndication? No, I, I, yeah, right. I did say lubri lubricated. <laughs> Liberated. I know, I'm just playing. <laughs> but it's funny, though, when you think about it. Lubricated syndicate. Yeah, lubricated. And probably, probably a lot of it was lubricated, knowing those guys over there. From, from the early days, probably some bulls, too, you know? Oh, boy. <laughs> the early team at Libsyn. Yeah, uh, come on now. We could talk for hours. Oh, about we the, could. We could. We, we know where all the dead bodies are buried. Libsyn, right. Yeah, yeah. We, know, we know where all the dead batteries, dead bodies are. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have, uh, go ahead. Uh, we haven't talked about podcast magazine yet. <laughs> oh, wait, I wonder if I can find this page. Uh, what is there? What is it? Podcastmagazine.com. Podcast mag. Well, on Twitter, it's podcast. I think it's podcast mag. Something like that. Here, let me find it. Too. Uh, let me see if I can Google it. Find it. Egg. This this is this is hilarious. Okay, so it's podcast it is it is podcastmagazine.com. So let okay. let me. How much did they pay for this cover? So let me let me bring this up. Special Father's Day LGBTQ edition, and. Podcast Magazine's number one dad in podcasting, Adam Carolla and Norman Patiz, the Podcast One Podfather. Well, it's Pattis, not Patiz, Pattis. So, but when we saw this, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what can you say, Todd? I don't know. Podcasting magazine's number one dad in podcast. Norm Pattis, I guess, is who, who he's referring to here. Yeah. yeah. Is Adam Carolla a dad? I think he is, right? Just just full disclosure, I used to work for Norm. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I rolled when I saw this right. cover. And I know the, the editor of the magazine kind of took exception to our tweets. But, um, yeah. But, but he, to be fair to the magazine, he had a whole section in the magazine on, uh, it's called Dads with Mics, our first annual top 50 dads in podcasting section of the magazine. So, 
that's kind of where this theme came from. Okay. Um, but it's still, it's still a funny, um, thing between Adam and Norm. <laughs> right. Like, because, because that's, Norm that's is not, not a relationship that I know. About. No, Norman, Norm <laughs> is not Adam's daddy. <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> so, Norm, I, you got, you got to admit, if you're watching this, that's some funny stuff right there. I know. Well, well, Steve, <laughs> Steve Ulster, he's the, he's the editor of this. He, he doesn't really understand the history here. So no. He doesn't understand why we think it's funny. <laughs> oh, Steve, if you had send us the advance, I'd be like, Hey, but I guess, you know, 90% of the people that see the magazine cover don't have a clue. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. You know, and, and and Norm is the the podfather of Podcast One. Oh, you know, there's li- there's little debate on that. Dave topic, says, but- "Fill us in." I'm not as informed. What's so funny? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, I don't I don't the- think either one of us want to go down that path too far. But um, <laughs> but but that that podfather name is. Pretty much, yeah. Um, that is singly associated with Adam Curry, and, so and, and John. And that's kind of kind of where it kind of conflicted a little bit. Adam Curry and Dave Weiner are, are the right. two podfathers in my book, and will be till I take my last breath. And right. I understand that the podcast one podfather is it's Norm normal, Pattis, right. yeah. Right. Right. But you know, and it just makes it look in this magazine as if Norm is Adam's daddy. It's, that's the kind of the Im- implication here, right. and yeah. that is not the relationship those two have. No, it's not, <laughs> and that shouldn't be a big shock to anybody thinking about it. No, so yeah. it just it just struck me so funny to see those two in a picture, and then the title of it, uh, you know. But I've also got you know some significant history here. <laughs> Right. Well, both of us do. That's the thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, someday, Rob, we could probably, we're going to have to be old (laughs) and broke (laughs) and not doing this show anymore and write a book about, and not doing anything in podcasting. And we could probably write a podcast bestseller, the history of, of every, oh, we'd have to change all the names. Hey, Todd, so I just want to pose this question to you just more from a humor perspective. How long are we going to keep doing this show? You, you want to quit? No, I'm not saying I want to quit. I'm just telling you, can you see yourself doing this show when you're 80 years old? No. Talking about the podcast. No experience? way. And no one's going to listen. <laughs> it's lucky if they listen now. <laughs> they'll, they'll really call us the old, old old geezer podcasters right is that no, what i i don't know i don't know what would happen what do we got another 10 or 15 years in us i don't know i don't I know there's going to be a certain certain segment of the podcasting community that will be happy to see us go <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I the way i've said about any show that i do when it stops being fun i'm going to stop right right that makes sense yeah if it's no more fun and it's becoming work and then, you know, we're not getting value out of it or we're boring. Um, yeah, right, right. Then, then we'll quit. I, I, I don't right. know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I'm, this, 
this industry is really hitting its stride right now. And, you know, my involvement in the podcast Academy is an interesting, you know, Oh, I'm sure. Uh, Because I'm sure you have a a set of views there that they're probably largely not understanding. Yeah. But I believe that they will over time here. Because corporate podcasting and their, I'm going to use the word that probably doesn't exist. Thoughtology. Is that even a word? Yeah. Their thoughtology is not the same by any means of what our DNA came from. So right. we didn't come from radio. We didn't come from television. We didn't come from, I, you know, I worked on airplanes as a geek, you know, so. Yeah. I was a marketing guy that came out of uh grocery store marketing. I used to own a restaurant. Yeah. You know, I used, you know, really my background's really marketing more than anything else. Yeah. I, I just saw pod- podcasting as a marketing, a new marketing medium. I grew up on a dirt road. My grandfather's a cash crop farmer. My dad had a construction company. I joined the Navy, didn't right out of high school, didn't get my degree until I almost retired. My retirement, my degrees in professional aeronautics has nothing to do with podcasting space whatsoever. My degree, I'm supposed to be running airports. So literally that's kind of my background or being involved in aviation somehow. So, you know, so from that instance, we came from a background, at least I did. And Rob, you did too. You had some media stuff. I had none, zero. I did a blog. I I, I had a um, bulletin board back in the day. So really, you know, maybe it doesn't seem such a stretch from where, from point A to Z. But, um, it is, it's just, you know, we're, we come from different spaces. Dave says, are you guys going to do the TMZ version of podcasting? <laughs> I think we kind of are a little bit already. Uh, I think we are a little bit already. Yeah. yeah. Almost yeah. a little yeah. bit, but we aren't as harsh yeah. on people as we used to. We used to be a lot more harder on company. Yeah. I think what, you know, and how I've changed my views too, is I want this industry to stay united, right. And not get divided i think that the world has too much division in it right now but um and and that's that's one of the reasons that i got heavily involved in the podcast academy i don't want to see this industry fracture right um it it may still happen i maybe i'm thinking that i have too much influence um to keep it from happening but at least you know i can try and keep people together well, you know, and, and hope hopefully we can all have fun doing this and we can all value each other on both sides from our different perspectives. And, and you know, got to understand some people are coming into this with uh, a pile of cash that neither of us have ever right. been exposed to. We've never been exposed to piles of cash and investment. Um, you know, I, I often, we laugh on this show often on how people that get 60, 70, hundred million dollars. And I, I'm astonished that they're able to literally spend it all. Uh, they don't have no problem doing it, but I'm astonished that they spend that kind of money. And I just think to myself, if if I, if we were, if, if blueberry podcasting was given a hundred million dollars, I'd have to bring someone else in to help figure out how I would be able to house. I know how to spend it, but I'd have to bring in some more team members, which would help me spend that money the right way. Right. That's, that's a, that's an incredibly large amount of money for a small company to even consider. Right. Yeah, it is. You know, but yet 
I am amazed at my team and what they do every day for the resources we have and, and what we're able to put out. Same thing with Libsyn. Now Libsyn, you know, they, they, they have a little bit higher revenue than, than most. So they got a little yeah. more play money, I guess the best way to say it. Right. So if I had Libsyn's play money, it, it, I'd be able to do a lot more than if, if, if I had Libsyn's play money, Libsyn wouldn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? Tom? Yeah, I'd put you guys out of business. Oh, okay. If I had your guys' wow. money, I would. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I want to comment on that one too much. Oh, well, probably but, not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, you know, you just look at the, you know, you get a lot of people, a lot of folks building stuff now, a lot of competition in the space. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's good and it's healthy and, but, uh, you know. Right. You look at the amount of money, some, and so that's a, a large difference. But Libsyn, what did they start from? They started from three or four guys that built a platform that got acquired, and you know they, right? You know they built it from the ground up too. Yeah, I, I knew all four of those guys yeah. really well back then too, and they were they were pretty wild and crazy guys. Yeah, no question about it. And in some ways, that kind of held them back a little bit too at different phases and what happened is that they were a little unconventional so but they were thinking differently and that's why they built the company that exists today and um go ahead Todd, did you see podcast movement uh has announced that they're going to have a virtual meetup Where? it's uh on on thursday june 4th it's tomorrow oh that you know, june 4th is a pretty special day it is. Huh? It absolutely is. Well, what is special about it? Tom? It's my birthday. Well, of course. <laughs> That's why they're doing it. Oh, go great. It's, well, they didn't invite me, so I guess I don't get any it's, cake. It's uh, <laughs> this thing is going from eight p.m. to ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's 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 really Todd's birthday party. Well, I'll so, be doing the Geek New Central podcast at that time. You will be. Yeah, I'll uh, be I'll, live. I'll, on your birthday, huh? Absolutely. The show must go on. The show must go on. Right. What else am I going to do? It's not like the bars are open, so I'm not going to the right. bars. Right. So I don't know what technology these guys are using to put on this uh, virtual event. But Maybe it's, they're it's, experimenting. It, yeah, I'm sure, you know. Um, and I do want to get Dan on the show here soon uh, to talk about what they're doing. Um, going forward, I don't know if he's ready to talk about it yet, but, um, so you can go to, um, I don't know, Todd, if I posted a link to this in my, um, in my Twitter feed at Rob Greenley, so you can see it there. Um, if you want to click on it and it was also out in their, their pod move, um, newsletter today as well. So if you want to go to podcastmovement.com and you can probably find it there. Todd. Yeah. So let me find your. So it starts here uh, one day, three hours, 28 minutes, and 50 seconds. Oh, it's called Sugo. All right, let me get bring up the website here. So, Podcast.swoogo.com yeah. forward slash virtual meetup. Now let's look here. Let's do a little, uh, let's do a little investigation here. Let, oh, I didn't get it. Let me just go to swoogo.com. Oh, come on now. 
Let me back this up. We'll see what this platform is all about. So, live or virtual, get a platform that can do both. Unconventional 2020, lessons learned. It's right on the corner. Join us for the best virtual event and virtual events. So, get a demo. All right. Doesn't show very many pictures of what this thing actually looks like, but uh, maybe this is a an attempt to. I'm not familiar with this platform, so I don't uh, know. Neither am I. Let's bring your virtual events to life. So you, it's oh, a, this thing it's is a virtual event platform. The reason why we don't know very much about it, Rob, wait till the screen shows up. Uh, yeah. Wow, 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 wow. It better be pretty fancy. Yeah. Wow. Starts at $6,600, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. This thing must must be a serious platform. Must be uh, some experimentation going on. I think so. I think your event is online. What? So is it going to show what it looks like? It's just a lot. It's got a lot of virtual screens. It doesn't really show you. I like these types of graphics, but it, sometimes it's nice to be able to actually see a screen, see a real screenshot of how it, of how it looks. But right. Anyway, well, interesting. The, the un, and what was I say the unconventional something? The the letters were upside down. Todd, did you see that? Yeah, I did. And you know, this is, ladies and gentlemen, let me show you something. If you, if your website does this, I'll show you exactly what I do. I'm going over here. For, for those of you listening, I'm going over to the right hand side of the website and there's a X, you know, how you close a browser tab. And yes, that is gone. I'm, that's what I do to sites that have those pop-ups like that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> call me, call me not. It, at least they waited till I was leaving before they popped that up on my screen. Some sites, they pop those things up three seconds after you're there. I, you know, I, I really, I'll be honest with you, I really hate those pop-ups. Right. Because it, it's, it pops up before you even know if you want to do anything. At right? least they let me cruise around and they waited till I was leaving the page and they sensed I was leaving and popped it up. So that wasn't so bad, but <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't have much patience for those pop-ups. No, but it's, I know a lot of you have them on your websites to build your mailing list, but yep. I also like to see how many of you lose people that come to your website because of those pop-ups too. Lots of people do. Hey, Rob, guess what? Yeah. We've already, we're, we're at an hour and a half. I know, we made it. <laughs> I looked at the clock, I'm like, wow, we're, we're done. Um, we always seem to make it, don't we, Todd? We do. To our 90-minute finish line. Yep. So, let me like double-check uh, chit-chat windows and make sure we're not missing anything important here. Brett Ball says, do you, Brett Belk, I mean, do you guys remember Podcast User Magazine back in the day? Yeah, we did. That was done by Gary, Le Gary Leland. I believe, Todd, you and I were both writers in that we, magazine. We were. And uh, it was hard to I, you know, keep up with it. I don't have time to write hardly anymore. So I got 
four or five product reviews sitting over here on a desk that I've got to get knocked out at some point. I just never seem to find the extra hours to get them done. So, but yeah, we do remember I, that. I have an article that I need to write on the podcast Academy. So that's, that's the thing I'm starting to work on. Well, uh, do you have a copy editor to uh, review your writings? Mm-hmm. It's a great mm-hmm. thing when you have that. Also, I found a tool that's really, really good for that too. Is a tool called Grammarly. Oh, I so. rely on it daily and by the minute. It's right. it's a wonderful right. tool. And if it you, is. and if you have any, any of you are grammatically challenged like I am, and uh, it's been very evident over the years, Grammarly is a uh, yeah is a great tool. It's not perfect, but it gets you about ninety five percent there. Yeah, I mean, it has its own writing philosophy. Um, and sometimes that doesn't always ride along with mine. So, um, but we always seem to negotiate a, a, um, a settlement in the end. Yeah. Picking certain, it's a little comma heavy at times, but I'm a little comma light. So maybe it's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to be extreme on either side on the Uh, comma. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's usually right and I'm usually wrong or there or there. That's a good one. Or your. Or you are. Right. <laughs> it reminds call, me. It's or call, it, it is. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like it's a direct call to, to Mignon Forgery. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if Mignon listens to the show. I know what she does once in a while, but I wonder what she thinks of that. Well, we ought to ask her sometime. Right. Right. So, yeah. She thinks if it gets it right or if she even uses it herself. I kind of doubt it. Um, so for those that don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about, um, they, a minion does a podcast called uh, Grammar Girl. Yeah, and if you want to know how to do long tail, long, long, or yeah, long tail format, evergreen format, you go listen to the Quick and Dirty Tips Network. They do it the best. No one does evergreen content better than them. And I'm just that's a, it's a fact. Right. They have shows that were produced fifteen or fourteen, thirteen years ago that do as good this month as they did the month that they were released. So it's a powerful. Yeah. They have a powerful platform. Yep. And they're, they're actually growing their network too, beyond just, you know, the quick and dirty tips thing too. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Todd at blueberry.com at geek news is my Twitter address, Rob. Yep. And I'm at Twitter as well. Um, at Rob Greenlee, two E's, um, go subscribe or follow me over there. And if you want to send me an email about podcasting, send it to Rob G at lipson.com. And again, if you have any comments on the show, just let us know. If you think we should talk to somebody that uh, should be on the podcast that we haven't uh, have it on, we just let us know and we'll always approach folks that you recommend. And uh, we want to thank you for being here today. And again, we'll see you on Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. and Eastern. Uh, 9 a.m. Pacific. Yep, yeah. And we'll be live then. So we'll see you next time. We'll take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah, bye.